0: Welcome to Habits and Hope, the podcast that is not about perfection. It is about being purposeful, to be joyful and fulfilled, just as God intended. I'm going to try and jump right in. I had started this podcast recording several times and I just kept getting interrupted over and over and over again, but I still feel like I'm supposed to do it. I had all the verses like pulled up, ready to go. So here we go. Let's work through it. I know that we had a little blip, I guess it would be the word, to say that last week I was supposed to be releasing one that I'd recorded the pre- previous week, but I felt really pulled and led to do the Imperfect podcast. So if the time guy, timeline gets a little confusing, I apologize, but I always remind you that this, I feel, is a God-led podcast I pray about it i seek him and i really open the door what do you want me to say it part of this has become a form of accountability you know i have to do the you know there it's better for me (laughs) to do the reading in the bible studying meditating praying it's good for me all in all but then he reveals such exciting things that i cannot wait to tell somebody and i'm like this has to be shared This has to go beyond me. It's taken me 40 plus years to understand so much of what I understand now this year since I've really dived into some of this. And so, you know, bear with me. But I tell you again, like as earnestly and honestly as I seek him and his guidance, I really feel like every bit of this, just like the Bible, it's God breathed, it's God inspired, it's God governed. So this is where we end up. We are now moving into what I call as a series. And, you know, I hesitate to say that because we could again have interruptions because God says, no, this is what you're going to talk about this week. But I'm going to try because I felt led to do this. And I think that I I have notes upon notes and I just keep trying to kind of gather them into I guess one podcast at a time so that I can bring it to you. But I said, it's like God versus the world. God says this, the world says this, the world says this, but God says this. And in general, they are very, very different. And the funny thing was, I'm about to speak on this, but I did my prayer time and my Bible time first. And I'm sitting there working through at this particular time I have you should see lately I have my some of my Bible apps some of my Bible app plans pertain more towards what I'm working on for anchor and then beside me I have some devotional books that work through the Bible and so forth. And that's a little bit more for me. So I'm kind of doing double duty, but can you really do too much? No. The more I do, the better things go, the more I see him and everything and it's, it's new and exciting every day, but I'm sitting there working through one of the plans. I just get done reading. Like it was just part of that plan of the seek ye first, you know, seek the kingdom first, Matthew 6, seek the kingdom above all else, Luke 12, 31. And pops up this, I have like, it's called like good quotes or something like that. I was looking for, like I've told you before in my planner, I have a space to just give myself a motivational quote. And honestly, I think I'm going to have to get rid of that one app. It never gives me anything that like works for me, if that makes sense, but it will pop up here and there. I think throughout the day, you see how much I pay attention to it. (laughs) It just so happens to pop up at the top, the quote, unquote, good quote of the day or the good quote of the moment or something like that. And it says, love yourself first. And no kidding, I just read those others. And the next thing I'm reading is Matthew 22, 33 through, I think I wrote 38 about love the Lord with all your heart, soul and mind, and so forth. Basically, no, love God first. And I kind of laughed a little bit because I'm like, well, that's a perfect example of what we're about to talk about is the world really says one thing. And it typically goes against what God says. And some of the scriptures that I've written down just as like an introductory, I decided, I went back and forth. Should I spend a whole podcast on introducing this theme? And I decided, no, I was going to touch on some of the things that, like why we would do this and why we would talk about, you know, this is what the world says, this is what God says. But then I decided just again God led of this this other this would lead into one of those topics. One of the things that comes up lately several times a week is John 1633. I'm just gonna remind you again, I try not to read you all of the scripture because I really want you to get in their word. You should always back up and read the previous parts of the passages as much as possible. I know sometimes time doesn't allow for it. And I trust that, you know, God will show you what needs to be shown. But there are things that sometimes when they're taken out of context could be a little bit skewed. And so I encourage you to read for yourself. One, it helps you remember it, retain it better, know where to find it when you need it, when you need to call on that thing. It's frustrating when you're like, what was that verse <laughs> about this? And, and, you know, maybe you're talking to someone or you felt, feel led to share it in some form or fashion. And you're like, where was that? So getting in the Word and reading it firsthand will help you locate it and retain it a little bit more, but also that you can kind of back up. You can read maybe your version, several different versions. They all read similarly, but a little bit differently. But John sixteen thirty three. after that little rant, I have told you things so that you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. To me, that's a little bit of like him stating now, like, first of all, I've overcome the world to me is super encouraging and saying like, look, I'm going to trump all of it. Anyhow, I'm going to overrule all of it regardless, but there's a very distinct separation. And John 15, 18 Reminds us basically that the world hated Jesus before it ever hated you. If the world hates you, then it, it's kind of your way of knowing that you are separated. I chose you out of the world. It it would love you if you were its own. If you If you were just like the world, it would love you. And it's uncomfortable for us to feel, quote unquote, hated or disliked but we are supposed to be separated. And Jesus says, look, you know, look where I came from. I am, you know, of the create. you know, I, I was part of the creation. I was there from the beginning of the time. I rule on a throne and I'm a, you know, I should be set above. And yet the world hates me and they're going to hate you too. But that's kind of how, you know, if the world is embracing you and loves you as its own, there's worry there because you're Basically, blending in too much. So, we are supposed to be separated. And I wrote down this one note in one of the things that basically the quote unquote world, and we say, like, of course, God designed and created the actual world. But when we say the world, it's kind of like the social norms, the way things are, the customs and traditions, the social media, the TV, all those things, the movies music a lot of that comes from the world even sometimes in under the guise of being christian and so forth will come in and have the really a worldly view or a little twisted and that comes from satan to lead us from god its intended purposes are to lead us in some form or fashion to god and so That may feel very strong to you, but I think when you start to look at things of going, wait, this is of the world, basically, this is not intended to bring me closer to God. In some form or fashion, this is intended to lead us from God. When you start to weigh things out like that, you start to see things you haven't noticed, even if, I don't want to deep dive here, (laughs) so I'm trying to be cautious, but let's just say, Maybe you never thought about the fact like there's that comfort food. Do you really like it? So you're eating it, but then you feel horrible about it. You feel discouraged. I'll never lose weight and so forth. But the world had said, you know, it's okay to comfort yourself and, and to indulge a little and whatever. But really Satan knows that we feel guilt. We feel condemned. We feel frustrated. We feel these things that are not of God and keep us sometimes from being joyful and fulfilled and maybe even just could hold us back from going out and reaching out to others in the world and sharing our faith because we don't feel comfortable even in our own bodies. Whatever it could be that, like, I'm just trying to give you an example of how these things could seem sort of innocent and yet really be leading us very deceptively from God. Remember, he is the great deceiver. Satan is not God. He is the great deceiver, and he's good at what he does. If it looked like a little devil popping up on your shoulder, I think it'd be easier for you to say no, right? That's not how it looks. It's meant to look good and innocent and so forth, but to start weighing it and go, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy... I just need to keep that in mind, that if it's of the world, it's very likely designed by Satan to lead us from God, period. And he's really good at what he does. 1 John 2, 15-17 tells us, don't love the world. If you love the world, basically you don't have the Father in you when we love the worldly things and the way things quote unquote are, then it's kind of, you can't, again, it's that separation. You can't love the world and love God. You've got to love God, not the world. And there's a very clear, distinct line there, basically. And then the last one, just kind of introducing this again, Romans 12, two, tells us not to conform to the pattern of this world. There's a pattern there. Again, you have to start weighing things out. And does this kind of blend in with what the world says? Does this blend in with what, does this match what God says? I don't wanna say blend in, because we are supposed to be set apart. And it tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, meaning we can't sprinkle a little God in at like salt into what we already are and are doing. That's part of the world. We are supposed to be transformed, made new, a whole new mind. And then right along with what we were saying, it tells us that we'll then be able to test and approve what God's will is. And his will is good, pleasing and perfect. And if we really want things, it's not saying again, I, we already said, You know, he reminds us, yes, you're going to have trouble. The world's not going to love you and they shouldn't love you, but take heart. He's overcome the world. You're doing the right thing. And I think we have, there are some people who have it really easy and you're like, I don't understand because they're doing things that are so evil and deceptive and yet they're reaping all these benefits, but I think, I think it was one of the God's Not Dead movies where the little old lady who has Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever, and she's sitting in the chair and she says something about sometimes a prison doesn't look like a prison. You know, it looks comfy and warm and, and it, you don't realize basically it's a prison and basically you get really comfortable in it and then the door becomes shut I, I did not say that as well. I would say as she did, I would say YouTube that scene from God's not Dead. I've seen it here and there, but I've watched the movie too. It's really good the way she words it. So remember that sometimes it will look like basically people are more comfortable and so forth. But in the end, his will is the good, pleasing and perfect. And we are supposed to be thinking of everything new and different. And, and getting into His Word so that we can test and approve it. Like, this does not align with what God's will says. You should be reading enough that you'll feel a twinge, I do, something doesn't feel right, even if it came from a preacher's mouth. I've heard, you know, people who are basically intending well and maybe of or believe they're of the Christian faith, or believe that they pulled stuff from the Word, but you're like, this doesn't feel right. Let me weigh it and test it. Go back to Scripture. Read further back. Read further forward. Test it. Approve it. Does this does this seem and match what God says? Does it seem right? Just like love yourself first sounds innocent enough that we are supposed to practice some self-care. We do have to sometimes put on our own oxygen mask before we can help other people. But the Bible clearly says we are not supposed to put ourselves above everything else. Like there's differences. And, and it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say not to care for yourself and love yourself. You know, we are supposed to realize that we were created in God's image and he created us for a plan and a purpose and and all these things. So we're supposed to remember those things. But again, weigh it out from the God's view, God viewpoint. Weigh it out from the way God would view it. So there's my introduction. We're going to try and attack, you know, the financial things from what the world says versus what God says. What? I don't know where all it's going to lead. Like I said, I've got so many notes and I just keep trying to like, how do I group these a little bit together? because there's so much actually like when I started even opening that every time I hear a verse or hear something sometimes I'll hear something from the world and I go well that's not what God says So I maybe write that down or i will hear something from scripture and I'm like yes that's what we're supposed to do but then I can I know the other side of it like that the, the Bible says this and so what we're gonna talk about now though is kind of the emotions, the mind and the heart And what the world says is, you know you hear it all the time. Follow your heart. Let your feelings guide you. How do you feel about that? Focus on your needs and desires. The old, your way right away. Be comfortable. Rely on your guts. Those are some of the things that you hear. What we rely on makes a big difference. And yet, it's so funny. When I first heard this verse and I, I'm sure it was there, but I think my kids were either in Awana, I'm pretty sure it was Awana, and I was going to talk about that, actually, oddly enough, too, but but the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it. That one has weirdly stuck with me that I remind myself sometimes that some of the versions say it's desperately wicked, but basically we cannot rely on our heart, even though the world tells us, you know, trust your heart, trust your instinct, what does your heart say? The Bible tells us it's deceitful and it will lead you down wrong paths. And I think, I mean, I wish I had actually really heard that verse sooner because I was a little shocked when I heard it. I was like, that's not what I've basically feel like I've been told, even though I grew up in the church, I don't think, feel like I heard you know basically be careful about trusting your heart you're supposed to trust God and what he says and we don't even know how bad it can lead us into things but just know that that quote-unquote trust your heart can be very dangerous and it's very deceitful and first John 3:20 tells us that God is greater than our heart he knows all the things he's greater than our feelings basically I thought that one was a really good one. You know, he's bigger. He's greater than that. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 reminds us. I know we've talked about that one so many times, but don't lean on your own understanding. Trust the Lord. Follow what he says. Do not lean on your own understanding. What you feel like you know up to this point should be weighed against what God says. Like I said, even that the heart was deceitful you know, I think I heard that maybe in my 30s, it's not too late to change your mind and to be transformed. You just have to be open to it. So what you thought you knew should be open to being changed all the time. Luke twelve thirty four also reminds us that where our treasure is, our heart will be also. Sometimes And I know that one fits a little oddly, but I felt like it was important. It came up again today and something else I was reading. I say that sometimes at random, but basically what you treasure, what you put most valuable is where your heart is. And sometimes your heart is wrongly aligned. And sometimes your treasure is wrongly aligned. Is it aligned with what God wants for us? Romans 8, 6 Tells us clearly that a mind governed by flesh is death. The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And I think we've been talking about this one several times because since I really had read all these scriptures about the Holy Spirit and the Helper and so forth, I've been a little latched onto this. But I mean, this came up over and over and over and over and over and over again about how. The spirit was sent, it has wisdom beyond all the years, and that's definitely where we want to find our wisdom is beyond anything that's here on earth. Matthew 1624, you know, Jesus reminds us that we're supposed to be denying ourselves daily, which is very much opposite of what the world says. We're not supposed to be relying on how we feel, what we want. And what our desires are we're supposed to pick up our cross daily that's a sacrifice sacrifice I'm not saying your feelings are wrong you're gonna have to talk about Jesus some but sometimes we get so wrapped up in our feelings but this is how I feel and I can't help how I feel and so forth I understand that but we are actually supposed to do certain things deny ourselves and pick up our cross daily and I know that sounds extreme but it's a sacrifice. And to, again, approach that good and perfect and pleasing will that God has for us, that is the intention. Something that came across my path this week was John 4, 34. I don't know why this one really never resonated before. I'm sure I've read it, but this week it did. And Jesus said that basically my food or my meat or whichever version you read is but his, his substance is to please him to do God's work. And he's saying, that's enough. And you know food is a big part of this world. Food is everywhere. It's part of every social outing. It's part of so many issues and problems. It's where a lot of our money goes. So food is huge. And transforming our minds, even the way we think about and feel about food and, and taking what Jesus says and saying, basically, like, earthly food is not what's important. It's pleasing God and doing his work. What a transformation and a, and a different way of thinking of things. Proverbs 16.1 tells us the preparations of the heart blown to man. And, and I had to read like multiple different versions of this, but the gist of it is to, to really say, in case that just briefed over your mind, <laughs> that we make the plans. And this is, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So we make the plans. We feel our way through things, but God has the right answer. God has the perfect answer. The true, correct, right answer is not from our heart. The preparation of the heart belong to man. He's like, there you are, relying on your heart to make the plans again. But God gives us the right answer. So much good scripture, but I hope that you see, oh, that's a lot different than what the world says, and it should be. So I'm going to give you a couple goals this week in this. I'm going to try and come up with some for each part of this that I feel like will still benefit the whole habits part of things i'm going to really encourage you to start memorizing some scripture so i started doing it of course i did it a little bit when i was a kid i always pushed against it i heard doing that over time there were certain scriptures like the jeremiah 29 11, that i held on to so tightly that i read it on the regular but I had like this ring and and things that said it so i was reading it all the time that is a very good way, by the way, of learning scripture. So if you have that scripture, I mean, a big part of that, again, is going back and making sure you're not just taking things out of context. We definitely want to, don't want to do that and latch onto something that's a little skewed. But know where it comes from. Know where, what it means. And read it and read it and read it and read it. Put it on a note card. You know, put it up on your wall. Put it on your phone card screen, um, wallpaper, put it on your computer, put it places over and over again and hold on to those, but grow it over time. And so my kids did a wanna, so I used to have to help them memorize the scriptures. Well, guess what happens when you help your kids memorize scriptures? You learn the scriptures just like the whole, the heart is deceivable, all all things. When some other things were going on in the world, I latched on, oddly enough. I taught kids VBS, and one year, many years ago, it was about that—that that, you know, God had not given us a spirit of fear um, and timidity, but of a sound mind. And and I'm going to trail off a little bit. And I think it's First Timothy. I always struggle. So sometimes I don't remember the reference. I have to look that one up. That's okay, but the fact that I can pull that scripture up and basically Google the rest of it is sometimes enough. And I'm talking about that. I learned that one years and years ago by helping kids and teaching kids. And, and then I'm able to call upon it when I, when I need it. Start with one that really speaks to your heart. Tell it to yourself everywhere over and over and over again. Share it with your kids. I do think teaching your kids and talking about it and what that means and so on and so forth and what that means to you, you're going to plant those seeds. It tells us in the Bible that we're supposed to talk about it as we walk along in life, basically, and and that they won't stray and so forth. And what's going to happen? Like I said, I get you, are like, I don't have time for that. I don't have memory for that. I'm older now. It's harder for me to retain things. I encourage you, you can. Anything. That is important to you is like, I always joke with my kids. My daughter says she can't remember things, but or oh gosh, my stepson, he really couldn't remember things. But if he had something he really wanted or was really important to him, there was not a chance on this planet that he was going to forget it. And so I would remind them sometimes if it's important enough to you, you can remember it. And it might take, some things might take more effort but I do really actually feel like this is very much worth the effort. So I'm going to really, really, really encourage you, not just to read the word, but to start memorizing some of it. Small bits and pieces. I'm not saying you have to memorize entire passages. What happens when we memorize the scripture is his words become our answers. First, it becomes the answers to ourselves. So we maybe are faced with the circumstance or situation. How do we handle this? How do I navigate this? Well, we are readily able to call upon that scripture and it's just like he's telling it directly to us. It comes in our mind. I do feel like that's a hundred percent Holy Spirit and Jesus led and so forth. But you have to have those that toolbox there. I'm not saying he won't find other ways to communicate with you by you opening the Bible at the right spot and the preacher says the right things and so forth. But even better is when you have it all stored in your mind and you, know, you, you pause for a moment and you go, oh, I know what the answer is and it comes to you. So it first starts giving us answers to ourselves. Then we have answers to give family and friends. It tends to be someone we're close to first. It's a little intimidating sometimes to go and dive into scripture when you don't feel like you've memorized a lot. Like what if someone challenges me? What if I don't remember the whole thing? So we're going to feel more comfortable after we tell it to ourselves a hundred times. We're going to tell it to our family and our friends. You're going to remind your kids I do it all the time. Hey, remember the Bible says this. Um, don't forget the Bible says this. And and so it's comfortable to do it then and eventually. And this could take a long time and don't feel ashamed about it. Because as long as you're making steps, just like all the other things, You're making steps to being healthier. You're making steps to being organized. You're making steps to be more financially responsible, whatever they are. As long as you're making steps, even if you have hiccups and you fall down, if you get back up, that's what matters. It's a process. It's, It's something that takes time. As long as you're trying and working on it, it's okay. Feel good about the steps. But eventually, you start to talk to strangers, and you have that. And sometimes I have done it. I am like, I am shocked at what I have stored in there that I didn't even realize I had. And I do, again, believe 100% that the Holy Spirit helps you call upon those things. But me being able to do so depended very much on me being in the Word, reading the Word, and just reading it over and over and over again on the things that I was supposed to do. When God shows you a verse 10 times in a week, I'm just saying that might be one to prioritize and try to memorize because he's trying to tell you you're going to need this. Maybe now, maybe tomorrow, and maybe the next day, and you may need to keep needing it. And then eventually you're going to need to tell someone else it. That's his intention, I really believe. We're not supposed to just hold it all in our heart, but you know the Bible says to basically hide his word in our heart so that we won't sin against him. And 100% so that we can help others not sin against him. Gently and lovingly. But, you know, remember, that like, and again, one day these days, we're going to go back to the armor of God. But I'll just say, this is our battle prep. This is our training that, if you, you know, the spirit of the, the belt of truth is part of the armor of God. Where does the truth come? comes from the word. And... Think of yourself like you are preparing for battle. And I don't mean battle tomorrow, so don't beat yourself up that you don't memorize it today. I What I wrote down in my head, what I was really starting to think about like the military and my husband was military. He was able to stay awake for long periods of time. He, he still can do it a lot of times. It amazes me. I'm like, I would have failed. There's no way, I don't, I mean, maybe I never could have been able to be trained, but they do long marches, sleep deprivation, still be able to function and operate while basically awake for 48 hours. And I've marveled at those things. And he's like, well, it doesn't happen overnight. They train you, they teach you, they push you and force you. They put you in uncomfortable situations sometimes it seems really extreme, the things that they do in boot camp and, and so forth. My son wants to be a Navy SEAL and I've made him watch the, that week that they do the really hard things and he's, that didn't deter him at all, (laughs) but bless him. Um, but it takes all, all kinds in this world, right? But the thing was, is, Some of it seems so extreme and odd and like, what does that serve? Well, it conditions them to do the hard things, to be able to function when they're uncomfortable, to be able to push themselves when it's really necessary for saving lives, for getting out of there safely. When you're at beyond tired, you can survive. And I really felt like that tied so much to this, that we are to condition ourselves to do the hard things. I don't think memorizing scripture is anywhere close to what an A.V. SEAL has to go through. But this is part of our training so that when we need it, when we need those skills, it will be there for us or for our family or for somebody who really needs to hear it. So condition yourself to do the hard things. Gear yourself up like a soldier because I, I don't know that the battle won't be tomorrow for you. And the battle might be tomorrow for all of us but we have to be prepared the other thing that i kind of ended up starting and i was like oh this is something i should share i ended up having for one uh, there's been a couple other things but i've caught myself doing things more of stopping and thinking a little bit more before i do something that maybe i struggle with maybe it's something of, say, spending money, but, like, I had a medicine that I have to take shortly before I eat, but I have to take it, and then I have to kind of wait, and then I eat, and so having to do that, I realized I was, like, thinking more about, okay, well, I can't eat right this second. Anyhow, I can't put off waiting to eat while I'm really hungry, so now I have to think about it, and I was making better choices, and so I I was starting to realize this whole practicing pausing so whatever you're struggling with like let's just say like we've been talking about sugar addictions and so forth because i've been leading a group of like sugar free and some really really struggle with it and some do not um some of them it's more of a carb thing but instead of focusing on like denying yourself like i really want let's just say you really want that piece of chocolate like i said that's what's been on my mind i've been talking to some of these people but Instead of just going, I'm denying myself and focusing so much on that, I'm just going to say, press pause. Before you do it, don't focus so much on the denial. Just press pause. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying pause. And then it hit me. I'm like, well, maybe there's an acronym he wants us to get from pause. Like I said, again, this is, I felt like this was a very God-led part. And so I just started writing and, 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 and it came out this way. I had to tweak it a little bit. I was like, no, that's not what I feel like it needs to be. And so where we landed was pray is the P. Always is the A. And then I have little filler words there. Always to. U is understand. I have another filler word and. S is seek. And then another filler word without. Because I had to make this actually kind of make sense. And the last was with. E for expectations so there's pray always understand seek expectations and with the filler words it becomes pray always to understand and seek without expectations don't come with your own agenda don't come with your own heart this is what I really want God to say I need and deserve this chocolate or whatever but pray to understand his will and his desires and and just earnestly seek him for a moment Before you do whatever. Again, it's not denial just yet. And it may take time. You may still end up eating that chocolate this time. But as you start to think and pause and pray without your own agenda, I really believe that he will help you through whatever you're struggling with. Whether, again, it's spending, having good habits, whatever it is, listening. Don't beat yourself up. Just pray and seek and be still and know that he is God and that he has overcome the world. Happy blessed week. I will be praying for you. Please don't forget to listen, subscribe, share it. I want to grow this community into something that reaches the people who need to hear it. I don't feel like there's enough encouragement like this out there that is scripture based there's a lot of good habit things, but bringing the, the, all of it together, and like I said, I get so excited just because God puts these things in my path and shows me, and that revelations I can't wait to share with people. But I wanted to reach who it needs to reach. So I encourage you, this isn't to grow this into something that's going to get, make money. This is to grow it into something that is a community of like-minded but different encouraging people. Have a blessed week. I'll be praying for you.
1: Hey guys, one more quick note I had to share with you. If you caught it on another episode or have been wondering why we've had some gaps in our posting lately, well, it all has to do with a lot of software issues and suddenly what had been working for editing and posting and so forth just wouldn't work on any computer no matter what I did. It was just like a spiritual warfare. And no matter how hard I looked, I could not find another option. It's been a really frustrating struggle. What I should have done from the start is what I finally did do. And that was realize I needed to pray. (laughs) And so I wrote it down like, no, this is so frustrating. And and I know I'm doing a good thing. and, And what he wants me to do for whatever their purpose is. And so I wrote it down and prayed about it. And Just like that, I realized, maybe I should stop looking in the app store, and I decided to do just a a search, and immediately, I just felt like, yes, I found exactly what I had needed this whole time, and it was even better than what I had originally started with, so thus far, it's been an answer to prayer, and so I just wanted to take that moment to remind you, don't forget on the little things, again, go back to that pause that was just talked about in this episode that you know pray always to understand and seek without expectations because his ways are better than what we can even imagine so don't forget to pray even on the, the little things <laughs>